Say the keys of the kingdom. Say, say, say the keys of the kingdom. This is something, it's what a powerful series. Um, you know, when, when Prophet mentioned during the conference that I'm gonna, we're going to do a series, it was just like spontaneously said, we're going to do a series on the keys of the kingdom. I'm like, yes, this is going to be absolutely beautiful. This is going to be powerful. I and mean, I'm very excited about the series. I trust that the, the feeling is mutual. Amen. Say again, say the keys of the kingdom. Now, please understand that the more you know about this holy kingdom that we belong to, and even greater, the more you can understand the keys that operates, that this kingdom is operated by, the more you can understand how this kingdom operates, the less you will struggle with fear. The less you will have a problem with fear. Are, are, you, are, you, are you with me? The moment that I can understand the way that this kingdom is operated and I become a partaker of that, a partaker of that divine nature that will cause fear to leave. In other words, I'm already giving you a key that if you want to get rid of fear, you need to know and understand what, what governs this kingdom, how this kingdom operates. Are we together now? Prophet stated this morning, what are keys? He said that it is systems, spiritual systems. He said that it's a principle. It is laws. It is precepts. Uh, these are the things that governs this holy kingdom that we belong to. And so this kingdom, like any other government, now when we speak about laws and precepts, principles, uh, these are known as the constitution of that government. I'm not going to preach run up and down. I want to get something out. It's not a three-point message. It is a complete thought. So you need to follow me. And that I want to get out in this evening. Amen. So I'm going to need you to stay with me. I'm not going to preach. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> Amen. So this kingdom, like any other government, have a constitution. And if you want to benefit from this government, you will need to understand the constitution that it is governed by. Are, are you guys with me? So the Bible says this, and you can, put, you can put this on the screen, NIV version. Luke chapter 6, verse 46. If you want to enjoy the benefits of this government, you will need to understand its constitution. And just follow with me on the screen. It says, why do you call me Lord, Lord? This is Jesus speaking. And do not do what I say. As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck that house but could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who, hears, who, who comes to me and does not hear my words, who does not put them into practice, I'm adding a few things, of course, so that we can just follow the message, and uh, who does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and his destruction was complete. So already there's three powerful keys locked up in this passage of scripture that will cause you not to be shaken. No matter what storm you are going through, what deep waters you are facing, no matter the fire that you're passing through, you will not be shaken. There's three powerful keys. And it first says, first, come to me, says God. Come to me. Second key is, hear my words. Meaning, hear my revelation. Find revelation. Hear my words means that you receive something into your spirits. 
of it together. And then he says, and puts them to practice. Amen. So what we first need in this kingdom is we need understanding and knowledge, comprehension of the precepts, the laws and the principles that this kingdom is governed by. And then secondly, once I have gained the knowledge on how, what governs this kingdom, I then need to apply that to my life. Because the moment that I do that, I become steadfast and immovable. It does not matter the storm raging against my life. My life, my listen, my eyes no longer is focused on the natural. It is now focused on something supernatural. It is now focused upon Him, the way, the truth, and the life. And no matter what happens, I have keys. If you can only understand the power of a key it will change so many things in your life again I state that if you have knowledge on the things that this kingdom is governed by it will remove all fear from your life it is fear is the root of all evil it is the root that will cause so many things to go chaotic in your life because fear brings doubts okay so I'm not preaching amen so the most important thing that Jesus brought with him to this earth was the kingdom. The most important thing that Jesus brought with him to the earth was the kingdom. Put on the screen for me Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. New King James. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. And prophet quoted the same verse this morning. I just want to take a few things out of it. And it says for... Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And listen to the next part. And it says, And the government will be upon his shoulder. So God did not, listen, the Lord Jesus Christ did not come to bring a religion. He did not come to bring a set of traditions, nor, nor a, a set of rituals. No, what he brought was a new government. Are we together now? Prophet stated this morning very clearly that only those who are sons, who are led by the Spirit of the living God, those are the ones who can carry a government. A child cannot carry a government. What does it mean to carry the government? It means that I have the ability as a son or a daughter of God to establish the authority of God here on this earth. But for me to be able to establish the authority of God here on this earth means that I need to be able to manifest kingdom power. And for me to manifest kingdom power means that I must be able to preach the gospel with a demonstration of what I I'm saying because when I do that I am establishing his kingdom prophet clearly stated this morning that the kingdom is now within us which means that where you now go that is the kingdom of God that is the location of heaven can I have an amen to this I hope someone is hearing this are we together so the most important thing that he brought with him was a new government and it's very important that we understand this government principle this kingdom that we belong to. Amen. Now, all of Christ's teachings from the age of 30, when he started his ministry, his public ministry, from that moment for the next three and a half years, he preached on the kingdom of God. He was teaching his disciples on this new government. And he was saying that, listen, the kingdom of God has come. The kingdom of God is among you. And that the kingdom of God is in you. 
he was speaking about something that was about to take place after his resurrection. He says, listen, the kingdom has come. It is now among you, speaking about himself. It is among you. And once I have died, the kingdom will be in you. Say the kingdom is in me. Prophet, he preached on this this morning. I don't want to go too deep in that. But he said, the kingdom is now inside of me. And we need to understand this is a very powerful principle. That where I now walk, that is the location of heaven. I don't know if someone is getting this. Amen. So if you understand what the kingdom of God manifests, it means that must manifest in and through your life. Because where you go, that is the location of, of heaven. Being the kingdom being in you, meaning that where I go, that is where the kingdom of God is right now. Amen. So Jesus kept on speaking on this new government. Say new governments. Now, church, as we have previously explained in previous series, comes from the Greek word ecclesia. Say ecclesia. But now the word ecclesia is the same word that was given the Roman governments for Caesar's cabinets. Amen. So the church was a very common word that came from the Greek concept of government. Now I need you to understand this. Just please stay with me. There's a reason why Jesus could not come until the Roman Empire was in power. There was a reason why it could not come. You see, the Roman Empire was the only empire that was similar in its operation to that of the kingdom of heaven. And so he had to wait for the Roman Empire to come into control, into power, so that when he comes and he starts preaching on the kingdom of God, the people would understand this concept because they're living it. They have a natural example of it because the Roman Empire was operated by exactly the same way. All be together now. Now just stay with me. Now, now, the Roman Empire was also the first to perfect the idea of colonization. Now, what is colonization? Colonization is when you take over a territory, but you do not deport the people. You do not enslave the people. You send someone to that region that is of your kingdom. You plant them there to influence and impact that region to make them like you. Now, I need you to listen to me spiritually tonight. Are we together? Amen. So, so it means that you send someone to that location to impact, influence that location, to make the people there like you. It is any kingdom's mindset is to take dominion, is to take territory, is to take a dominion and establish a supremacy. You are part of the kingdom of heaven, which means that it will be well worth your while to develop a different mindset, to develop the mindset that I continually need to take territory. I continually need to take a dominion, but many people take dominion, but they lack the part of establishing supremacy. That is the part where many people lack. Are you guys with me? And the Roman Empire was very, very good at this. They knew how to take territory, dominion. This is the word kingdom. It speaks of king, the one that is empowered, and the DOM speaks of dominion. So it speaks about a king who takes dominion, and therefore we have the word kingdom. And so they perfected the idea of colonization. They would never drive out the people. They would send someone from their own kingdom to that place to make those people like them. All be together now. So, the, so, so, so 
what the Roman Empire would do is to send a governor to a certain location to influence that area. And that governor will teach the people of that region their culture, their language, their music, everything about them. And so they will make that place look exactly like Rome. I don't know if you have realized when last you checked, but you are a government official. Some people don't like that. You are a government official. The moment you have received the Lord Jesus Christ as eternal Savior of your life, you became a government official. And it is your job to establish a local government office here on this earth. And so there are many local government offices established here on this earth. Those local government offices is known as the church the ecclesia and that is where god will send a governor to a certain region to go and influence and impact that region to make the people there like a god oh i don't know if someone is hearing this i just want to teach i don't want to preach tonight amen the bible says this that god said that in the fullness of time he will send his son and the fullness of time. Now, the fullness of time means in the right time. Again, I state that he, he had to wait for the Roman Empire to be in rule before he could send Jesus Christ. Amen. In fact, Jesus Christ was born under Roman rule. He was born under Pilate. Pilate was a governor sent from Rome to go and influence the territory where Jesus was born. He was born under Pilate's rule. Are you guys with me? Amen. And so now when Christ would speak, everything he said was similar to what Pilate would speak. And in essence to what Caesar would speak. Because the governor of that region that was sent from Rome represented Caesar. It will be as if Caesar himself was there. But now each and every one of you, you're a governor being sent to a region. To go and impact and influence a region as this kingdom is inside of you. I don't know if someone is hearing this. Which means that when you are sent into a place, it must be as if God himself is in that place. As if God himself is speaking. As if God himself is releasing something into the atmosphere. Influencing and impacting that territory. All be together. Amen. Now, here's the thing. Now, if you want to benefit from the Roman governments, you must do what the Romans do. Isn't it amazing? I mean, Caesar never left Rome. Yet, he could influence and impact regions far off and make it exactly like him without leaving a place. This is what God did when he sent his son. And that responsibility was now conveyed to each and every one of us. Amen. So the moment that, this is where we get the statement, when in Rome, do as the Romans do. So the moment that you can figure out what Romans do, then you must do as they do. And at that moment, you will benefit from that government 
Now, it's a well-known fact. Now, there's a reason why I'm saying all of this. I'm going to get to the key spot now, and you'll understand, but I have to lay this foundation. Are we still together? I'm just laying a foundation. Now, the Roman Empire protected their citizens. Amen? They protected their territories. If someone from a neighboring country would come and attack, they would send forces to protect. So they would look after their own. Amen? This Roman government would fight for you. Hear me spiritually. This Roman government would fight for you. Amen? Now, if you wanted to be protected by the Romans, you had to be a good Roman. Some people are getting it. If you wanted to benefit from the protection, you had to be a good Roman. Are, you to, are we together now? Now, this is what you need to understand, that you are protected by the constitution of the government you belong to. And how much you will benefit from this constitution is greatly dependent on your knowledge of it. You can only benefit from what you know. Meaning you must know your rights within this constitution to benefit from it. Are we together? Now I want to get into a story that I will lay out as we carry on. Are you ready for the story? My version of it. I want to tell you about a man by the name of Saul of Tarsus who became Paul. Now, Paul was a Jew. His father was a Jew. But his father was a powerful businessman. And so his father gained Roman citizenship, which, may, which means that Paul automatically was born into Roman citizenship. He automatically gained Roman citizenship because his father was a Roman citizen. Are we together? Now, Paul was a highly educated man. The man understood the constitution of the Jews, and he understood very well the constitution of the Roman Empire. I mean, the man knew the laws of Moses like the back of his hand. He was firmly taught in the laws. Are you guys with me? The man was highly educated. And so this man, thinking that he's protecting the law, standing up for God, sets out on this mission to persecute Christians. To kill Christians. In those days, they were known, Christians were known as those who followed the way. And so he sets out to persecute those who preaches the way, the gospel. Are we together? And on his way to persecute and kill the Christians, and we all know the story, uh, on his way to Tarshish, he has a powerful encounter with the living word himself, with the Lord Jesus Christ. As God appeared onto him and said, Saul, Saul, what are you doing? And he said, Lord, who are you? He says, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. And he said, but Lord, what do you want from me? And right there, his destiny is laid out as he gains information of what God wants him to do. And from that moment, his assignment changed. I'm telling you that you need to hear me what I'm telling you right now. From that moment forward, his assignment changed. He no longer persecuted those following in the way, but he now became a partaker of those in the day that was known as those who preached the gospel following the way. And so he would establish churches. This man went full out, full on fire for God, planting churches all over Europe until one day he got arrested. And he was given over to the Roman Empire, facing capital punishment. Are we together? 
And so they bound Paul and they start to whip him. Now you need to understand these whips. It's not a normal whip. It's known as a scorching whip. It had many different strings to it. Ropes to it. And these ropes would have broken pieces of bone, metal balls, and spikes that was woven into it. And so they would rake this whip over your back, completely lacerating your back, making your, ripping your back open. And so Paul knew that, listen, if I'm going to allow this to continue, I will die. Because what they would do is they would do it until you bleed to death. Now, these Roman soldiers were experts at this thing. They perfected the art of scorching someone with a whip to such an extent that they knew it only takes 40 whips, 40 strikes, and then you will die. It's never more than 40. They have perfected the arts. And he knew that, listen, if I'm going to let these people continue, I'm going to die. Are you guys with me? Say the power of a key. I need you to understand this. Say the power of a key. And so they start whipping Paul. And he's like, I need to stop this. And he realizes, hang on. I have a key. I have a different passport. And he says, stop. I am a Roman citizen. And it is unlawful for you to do what you're busy doing. According to the Roman constitution, no Roman soldier or no Roman citizen are allowed to face capital punishment, especially by being whipped. And the Bible says that when the Roman soldier when, that was busy striking him, I mean, you need to understand, these people found joy in doing this. They hated the Jews. He's standing and he's whipping this Jew, Paul, not knowing that this man is actually a Roman citizen as well. And the moment he realized when Paul said, hang on, I have another passport. I have another passport. What you're doing is unlawful. I'm a Roman citizen. And according to your constitution, it is unlawful for a Roman citizen to face capital punishments. Now, knowing the, having the knowledge of that I'm a Roman citizen is good and well. That won't, won't save you. But his knowledge of the constitution is what saved him. For the Bible says that when he said this, that I'm a Roman, and you're not, what you're doing is unlawful. That this man fell down at his feet and said, please, I plead with you. Don't report the situation to the governor. And he says, no, no, no. I'm not going to stand back. You've just abused me. Unlawfully. I did nothing wrong. And you punished me, you whipped me, and you abused me. Not only will I not, I will not report this situation to the governor, but I want to go to Caesar. I want to go right to the top. I'm not going to go to the local governor. No, 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 no. I'm going to go right to the top because it is part of the constitution that any citizen of Rome can and will appear before Caesar in, by their request. I don't know if someone is hearing me tonight. I need you to listen spiritually to everything that I'm saying. Are you guys with me? It is very important that you understand the keys to your citizenship. Do you understand the keys to your citizenship? Are you guys with me? Amen. Listen, it does not matter. 
when this world comes up against you, when the enemy comes to abuse you, it does not matter. I want to tell you that you have two passports. You have a physical passport, man, and you have a spiritual passport. You have a spiritual passport. There is another constitution that you live by. But the thing is, do you know your rights that is locked up within this constitution? Because you might know that you have this passport. Lift up your Bibles. Let me see your Bibles. Not your cell phone. Your Bible is your passport. Your spiritual passport. See. Amen. Do you know your rights? So every one of you holding this, but many lack knowledge of their rights within this constitution. It is not having this that will save you. It is your knowledge of this constitution that will bring you out of trouble. It is your knowledge of the rights that you have within the boundaries of this constitution that will bring you out of trouble and that might just save your life. Are we together now? Amen. Now, that is why God says my people perish because of a lack of knowledge. My people die because of a lack of knowledge. My people go astray because of a lack of knowledge. Amen? Are we together? Listen, it does not matter whether you are South African, American, Korean, or whatever country you are from. You have another passport. You have another passport. And you can shift gears just like Paul. And if you can learn how to shift gears like Paul, Man, it will save your life. This is where the Bible says, and this is God speaking to Paul as well by the Holy Spirit, saying that, listen, do not worry about what you will say. For in the same hour, I will tell you what to say and how to say it. If you understand your rights within this constitution, man, I'm telling you, it will save your life. It will remove all fear and all doubts. What you deem impossible is not impossible. That I can guarantee you. When you know your rights within your constitution to this government that you belong to, to this kingdom of God, hey, that is when the impossible becomes possible. Can I have an amen to that? Are we together? Listen, as a citizen of heaven, you can make your appeal before Jesus Christ. Listen, this man said, please, I beg of you, don't report this. He said, no, I'm going to go straight to the top. I want to see Caesar. I'm not even going to report the thing to Pilate. Take me to Caesar. I want to see him. Are you guys with me? Amen. You have a right to appear before Caesar. You have a right to make your appeal. Take it right to the top. You're a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. The Bible says that you are ambassadors of Christ. And I'm telling you this night that you have, it is within your constitution. It is your legal right to take the situation right to the top. It does not matter where you live. It does not matter the state of the economy. I'm telling you, it does not matter. You have another passport. You are a citizen of heaven, which means that you can take the ski and it will take you straight to the palace where you can plead your case. How many of you in this night can say that I'm pleading my case? Man, I want to go straight to the top. I am a son and a daughter of the Most High God. I have already been brought into the kingdom. Now I've been given the keys of the kingdom. And it's not the same thing to be given the keys to the kingdom and the kingdom of. The keys of. It's two different things. I'll explain now. I'll be together. Amen. Okay, I'm not preaching. 
Are we still together? I'm only starting now. How many of you can say, man, the enemy have whipped, abused, messed with me, but it's long enough. It is long enough. You're a blood-bought child of the living God. You have another passport. I need you guys to get this. The ransom for your life has been paid for in full. The veil was torn. You now have full access to that tree of life once again. That tree of life is our Savior, Jesus Christ. The enemy has stricken many with sickness, many with poverty, many with illnesses, many with relationship problems. Man, the enemy have whipped and abused many for too long and many have adjusted their very way of living accepting certain things thinking that this is just life it is just the cards that i have been dealt with adjusting your very way of life to accommodate things that were never yours to accommodate in the first place just because you lack knowledge of this your rights within this constitution but i want to tell you that this thing is about to end throughout the series because you're about to receive keys to certain doors that will give you breakthrough upon breakthrough upon breakthrough that will Take you higher and higher and higher when we speak about coming from an faith to faith from anointing to anointing from glory to glory this is the series that will do this i'm telling you that you're about to be upgraded spiritually are you ready for this encounter it is time for you to exercise your kingdom authority it is time for you to exercise your kingdom authority it's time for you to rise up Point your finger in Satan's face and tell him to shut up, to keep silent. He has spoken for long enough. He has acted for long enough. Listen, you will appeal your case before Jesus Christ, our Savior. But as for him, his time is up. I've told you before that hey, a verdict has been reached in heaven. And the scales of justice have tipped into your favor the moment when Jesus Christ died upon the cross of Calvary. And the very accuser of the brethren, that is our enemy, our adversary, the devil, his accusations have against you have been felt null and void, have been found incorrect. This verdict states, and speaks against the enemy that he has been sentenced for eternity into the lake of fire remind him of that when he rocks up at your door and he wants to remind you of your past mistakes and failures and he wants to whip you with stuff that you have done in the past and you feel the pain of old scars being opened up do not allow it 
Paul took one whoop. He took two strikes, three strikes. He said, wait, I have another passport. You are not allowed to do what you are currently doing to me, devil. You are not allowed to strike me. You are not allowed to do this thing. It is unlawful. I am a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. I am a blood-bought child of the living God. And I command you by that authority. I exercise my authority in this day. And I rebuke you, Satan. And I command you to shut up and to get out of my life and it's time for you to go you have spoken for long enough it's time for you to exercise your authority you can go directly to Jesus state your appeal bring your case are we together the more knowledge you gain of the constitution that governs the kingdom of God which is the Bible the more keys you gain to exercise your rights, your authority as a believer. I don't know if someone is hearing this. The kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God is not the same thing. The kingdom of heaven is the place where God lives. Heaven. Amen. The kingdom of God is his local government office here on this earth. Understand your constitution and your rights within it and start taking it, exercise that authority. The Bible says in the book of John, but as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God. And what power, if you study, is exousia, meaning not dunamis, exousia, authority. For as many as received them, to them gave he the authority to become the sons of God. Many are children, as prophet have stated this morning, but not everyone is sons and daughters. It requires a son to, cover, to carry this government upon their shoulders. Are you ready to carry this government? You can only understand the power of a key. Paul understood. He had knowledge. He understood the power of a key. He used that key. Are you guys with me? Amen. Now, please understand that the enemy will try and distract you from appealing your case. The moment that you, as a son and a daughter of God, starts exercising your authority, know this, you will face opposition. That is a good sign. All be together. So Paul was then, after this appeal that he made to Caesar, he was placed on a ship with other prisoners, and he said, listen, this is not good for us to go on this journey now. The timing is out. The season is wrong. This journey will not end well. But he had a key. Are you guys with me? They ignored his counsel. And they went on this journey. And the Bible says that soon after, a tempest storm starts beating against the ship. Starting to beat it and break it to pieces. All be together now. So, so the moment, I state again, the moment that you start exercising authority, you will face opposition. It is, it is normal. The Bible says, and this is, you can put this maybe on the screen for me. Acts chapter 26, 27, verse 14, New King James. I want to show you something. And I love the story of Paul.
And it says, but not long after, a temperature's um, head wind arose, meaning a storm, called Eurocliden. Amen. They went straight into a hurricane. Now, how many of you understand that this hurricane, spiritually, is a principality coming up against Paul to prevent him from reaching a certain location? To prevent him from fulfilling his divine gift, from fulfilling his assignments. He was on assignments. He had to appear before Caesar. He was on assignment. There was purpose behind this. He was moving in the perfect will of God. I need you to listen. He was moving in the perfect will of God. And so there came a principality against him to prevent him from reaching the target, to prevent him from reaching the desired location, the right place. Are we together now? Amen. And so they are heading into this hurricane. And uh, Paul finally says that, listen, this is not going to end well for us. It is good for us. Let us rather undergird the ship. Say undergird. He said, let us rather undergird the ship. Now you need to understand this process. It means to reinforce or to strengthen the ship. Now it's a very strenuous process to undergird a ship. What they would do is take a piece of cable or a rope, tie to the side of the boat. Then one man will jump into the water, swim underneath the ship, come up the other side, tie to the other side. And then he would jump back in, go underneath the boat to the other side. And he would continue this process until the entire ship now can you imagine this is happening in the midst of a hurricane imagine you're the one that must jump in it is up to you whether this thing is going to sink or not you're the one that must jump in you need to strengthen and reinforce the ship so that they can survive the storm but the bible says gird up the loins of your mind and so it is exactly the same when you go into a storm. You will need to strengthen. You will need to reinforce your mind because that is the battleground. When the enemy presses against you, it will be against your mind. By planting thoughts, suggestions, and lies, he wants to bring doubt and fear to remove you from your God-given call and purpose. And so you will need to gird up the loins of your mind. And the way that you gird up the loins of your mind is with the belt of truth, meaning that I need revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ to strengthen, to gird up the loins of my mind so that I can survive the storm that I'm currently going through, that will require revelation. Knowledge of your rights within this constitution. Amen. Put on the screen for me quickly. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 13. King James. And it says, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end, for the grace that is to be brought on to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. At the what? <laughs> at the what? Revelation of Jesus Christ. Say the revelation of Jesus Christ. Meaning revelation of the word. Jesus Christ is the living word. So he's saying the revelation of the living word. This is important because revelation of the word generates an expectation. Are we together? As I've stated, expectation generates hope. Hope generates a response. And we serve a God that is more than capable of responding to your situation. But it will require of you to know the keys, your rights that is locked up within this constitution. 
in this kingdom that you're serving. Amen. Please know this. The storm you're facing, it's not the end. You will not die in that storm. I guarantee it. You will not die in that storm. You will not die in that storm. That storm that you're facing even right now, it is not the end. You are only on an assignment. Say that I am on an assignment. You're on an assignment. I'm telling you that storm is not your end. You will not die in that storm. You have been through previous storms and this one is no different. If you have gone through previous storms, I'm telling you that you will get through this one as well. How many of you can say that I have faced previous storms? That should be everyone. Come on now. And how many of you can say when I was in that storm, I thought this is the end. I'm not, not going to make this. This is it. I'm done. Come on now. Yet here you are. Yet you have slain that bear. And you have stepped into another storm. And you've killed that lion. And you've stepped into another storm. And you brought down that Goliath. And you stepped into your promised land. Come on now. If you've done it before, I'm telling you that he will do it for you again. If you can only learn the key on how to redeem the time, you can go back to previous victories, take a hold of it, and bring it back into the here and the now to bring you through another storm. If you've done it before, you can do it again. This is not your end. I'm telling you, this is not your end. After many days, the people finally, you can read the story in Acts chapter 27. I'm not going to put all the stuff in the screen. It's going to take too long. But... Finally, after many days within the storm, they finally gave up hope. And they said, this is it. We're done. We're not going to see. We're not going to make the next day. The ship was falling apart. Amen. And I thought this was the end. But Paul had a visitation. Man, Paul had a key. He had access to another dimension. He had access to another kingdom. I don't know if someone is hearing this. And he told the men on board, he said, do not fear. Because an angel, the Bible says this, because an angel of the God whom I belong to. Hey. And an angel of the God of the one whom I serve appeared unto me last night. And he said unto me, this will not be your end, Paul. Because you must appear before Caesar. You are on my path, Paul. You are on assignment. This divine assignment will be fulfilled. Paul, this will not be your end. Nor the men that are with you. I don't know if someone is hearing this. He had a key. If you can only understand the power of a key. And will save your life over and over and over. He said, do not fear. Amen. The prisoners wanted to jump ship. And Paul said, tell them not to do it. He told the centurion that was placed as God over the prisoners. Tell them not to jump ship. If they jump ship, they will die. They must stay with me. Because as long as that they are in my vicinity, as long as that they are, hey, as long as that they are in my presence, they will not lose one hair. They will not lose their lives. They will survive this. Even if we face shipwreck, they will survive it. They will not die. But tell them not to jump ship now. Come on, how many of you have reached the point in a level in your life where you have felt this is the end? I'm going to jump ship. I'm going to give up. I'm going to give over. I want to tell you, stay connected. 
Stay connected. Stay connected. Don't give up. Don't give in. Don't give out. You're heading the right direction. The storm you're facing is telling you that you're heading the right direction. I know someone is yelling this. Turn to your neighbor and say, you better stay close to me. I have another passport. You better stay close to me. I have a passport. Tell your neighbor, I have a passport. It will be good for you to stay close to me. Don't jump ship now. Stay with me. Amen. You have another passport. You have another key. You have access to another kingdom that is not of this world. You are heavenly protected. Amen. Now, note this. That at the end, the ship was torn apart. Ripped to pieces. We each and every one of them took a piece of wood. Making it to the nearby shore. Amen. Now, the ship might have been broken. But they still reached the right location. Jonah had to be swallowed by a fish. And he thought, this is it. I mean, I mean come on. If a shark is going to swallow, you're going to think, I'm dead. He thought, he said that I'm, I'm, I'm in Hades. Go read it. He thought he was already dead. But God had another plan. He says, no, Jonah, now you're heading the right direction. This is not your end. You will not die here. You're heading the right direction. I'm telling you, when it seems like everything around you is falling to pieces, when it seems like you are facing all hell, I'm telling you that you are heading the right direction and you're about to hit the right location. For many of you, that location is right here and right now. You have angels that will protect you on this journey. Paul said last night, an angel of the God whom I belong to visited me. And he told me not to fear. I will not die here. The man had a key. He had a word. He held on to that word. He had a revelation. He held on to that revelation. His God has spoken. There was a message delivered from God himself directly to Paul. Man, do you know the access that you have to this kingdom? The Bible says that you can merely ask of your father, my God, may you give your angels charge concerning this situation. Say, I'm on I'm an assignment. Do you know your assignments? Are you on that assignment? Because when you're on that assignment, you're moving in the will of God. There are angels being given charge concerning your assignments. And as long as that I'm staying within my assignment, those angels will be with you. You are heavenly protected. The question you must ask yourself is what does the constitution say about my situation? What does my constitution say about this circumstance? What does my constitution say about the storm that I am in? What does His Word have to say about this thing that I'm going through? What does His Word have to say about this thing that I'm facing? I don't know if someone is hearing this word tonight. You can be seated. I don't want to get off of track. Here we have Paul, finally with other prisoners. And they make it to an island called Malta. Now this is a prophetic location. 
The word Malta means place of refuge. As long as that they stayed with Paul, as long as that they stayed with Paul, their safety was guaranteed. He carried a different passport. There were many other Jews, but not many others were Roman citizens. Amen. And the Bible says that they made a fire and that Paul took wood and he threw it upon the fire and the heat caused a viper to jump out and the viper latched to his hand, releasing the venom into his body. But Paul knew his God. Paul had a key. He had knowledge. You see, there's a key to operating the keys of the kingdom. There's one main key that gives you access to operate and work with the keys of the kingdom. And that key is revelation. That key is knowledge of your rights within this constitution. The man knew his God. He understood exactly what was happening here. He was not even afraid. This viper latching to his hand. Can you imagine that? Are you guys with me? He had a key and he knew how to use it. Mark chapter 16. You don't have to put this on. 15 to 18. NIV version says. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt. The man had a revelation. The man had a key. And he knew how to use this key that was given him. Are you guys with him? He, oh, I don't know if you are hearing this. He was not afraid of this thing lashing to his hand. Man, he had a key. Say, I have a key. He knows his assignments. The angel just told him, you must appear before Caesar. But now this serpent jumps out of this fire and it's lashing to his hand, releasing poison. It's a viper. You have minutes to live. Minutes. But God has spoken. God have said, I'm a man on assignments. I must reach this location. This, I, I will not die here. This is not the place where I will die. This viper has no power. I am filled with the Holy Spirit. There is another power in operation in and through my life. I am a blood-bought child. It's royal blood flowing through these veins. This poison will not touch me. Amen. He held the snake over the fire. And the heat got too much. Bible says, Matthew chapter 3 verse 11, John the Baptist speaking. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that comes after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. And He will baptize you on the Holy Ghost 
and with fire. Do you know what there's two baptisms? The baptism of the Holy Spirit and the baptism of fire. Remember that I've always stated that if you want to produce the miraculous, if you want to produce and give birth to signs, miracles, and wonders, there must be an alliance between the move of the Spirit and the Word of God. When those two combine and stand in alliance in your life, the supernatural is being birthed. A baptism of the Holy Ghost and a baptism of fire means that there is an alliance taking place in your life between the move of the Spirit and the fire which is the Word of God. The Bible says in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 23, 29, is not my word like as fire, saith the Lord. Is not my word like as fire. Whatever demon, whatever spirit have latched onto you, the moment that you gain knowledge and revelation of your rights within the constitution of this government that you belong to, and you start to stir up that revelation, it's like holding that serpent over that fire. It will get to hearts. That thing must let go. And the Bible says that he shook it off into the fire. It shook it off into the fire. Are you guys with me? It is time to get into the word. It is time to, I always state this. You must say a key. Say a key. You must understand the power of a key. Man, there is power if you can only know your rights within this constitution. And more than that, if you have the ability to apply it to your life. The question is, do you believe and trust in the Word of God? Do you believe and trust is not the same thing? I've explained this example before, and I want to explain it again. I haven't done it. I've done it long, long back. Let me explain to you the difference between believing and trusting in God. It's a quick story. I love stories because it keeps your attention. Here we have a man. He's standing on a very high mountain. And there's a deep valley. And on the other side, there's another mountain. Amen? And so this man tied a rope onto the one side of the mountain and on the other side. There's a dead drop. If you fall, you're dead. Amen? And so there's crowds standing around this man. He's about to perform a stunt. He's going to walk over without any protection. He's going to walk over on this rope to the other side. And so everyone is standing in anticipation. They're like... I hope, I hope that he gets across. Some hopes that he's falling. And he takes the first step. And they're like, and he steps. And everything is fine. And he takes the second step. And he's like, okay, now he's okay. He's okay. And he makes his way across. And halfway through, he's like, oh. And the people are, ah. And he finally makes it across, and the people are clapping and rejoicing. Ah, oh, yes, that was good. And he says, okay, now I'm going to come back. Now less people, are, now they believe that he can do it, because they've seen him do it. They believe that he can do this. And now it's not that big a deal anymore. Less people are responding to what he's doing. And he's walking back, and he's making it back, and he's going back a third time. And now no one is responding. He's coming back a fourth time, and there's no clapping. Now they've seen him do this thing four times. Amen. And he says, okay, bring me a wheelbarrow. And he balances this thing, and it falls off, and he picks it up. And he balances it again, and falls the others, and he picks it up again. And he says, okay, I've got it. And he says, now, and he points to someone in the crowd. He says, okay, now you get in. 
Now that requires trust. You see, many people believe in the word, but do they trust in his word? It is not the same thing. It's time for you to move from a dimension of believing to trusting. Will you get into that wheelbarrow? Because I want to tell you that the one that is pushing it is none other than the Holy Spirit. He will lead you into all truth. He's got your back. He will not let you down. He will not drop you. He will not leave you. He will get you safely to the other side. It might seem halfway over that, hey, this seems a bit rocky. The storm is a bit heavy. I'm not going to get through it. But he's saying, don't worry, my child. I am right there. I have got your back. Just trust in me. I've got this thing. I know what I'm doing. I will get you safely to the other side. I want to tell you tonight, there are keys that you need to understand that will save your life in this kingdom. The power of a key. The power of a key. And he shook off the snake into the fire. And the Bible says they stared at him, waiting for him, <laughs> waiting for him to still swell up and die. <laughs> and nothing happens. He carries on as if nothing happened. He's a man on assignments. He's a man on assignment. That's the key that I'm giving you. You will, you will not die in the storm. You must fulfill that assignment. You're heading somewhere. This is not the place where you will die. You have not yet reached the desired location. You're still going there. Are we together now? Amen. You may be seated. The moment that you start to learn how to use these keys, even your enemies will start to bless you. Paul did not die. He, in fact, did make it to Rome. And he, in fact, did appear before Caesar. Amen. And the very people that came up against him, whipping and abusing him, ended up blessing him. Caesar himself, in fact, gave Paul a house. And he placed around this house gods to protect him. The very people that were persecuting him ended up protecting him. When you learn how to use these keys, I'm telling you, you are divinely and heavenly protected. God will use even your enemies to bless you. I have seen this thing to be very true and very real. Are you guys with me? Amen. Now, <laughs> Paul had a key. Say, Paul had a key. Put on the screen for me. I'll close off with this. Matthew chapter 16, verse 19. Prophet quoted the same scripture, but I'm going to show you something. I'll close it with this. And it says, now there's a bit of wordplay here that you need to look at. It says, and I will give you the keys. Continue. Stop. I will give you the keys. Stop. I will give you the key. I want you to see it. I want. Off. It does not say two. There's a difference between two and off. It is not quite the same thing. I can give you a key to a house and you will have access to the front door but not to the rest of the rooms. But if I give you the keys of the house, you have a bunch of keys and there's many rooms and you have already. I have bought this house and I'm being given the keys of this house. You've already been given the keys of the kingdom. You're a blood-bought child, meaning that you already stepped into the kingdom. So you don't need keys to the kingdom. You've already gained access to the kingdom. But now in this kingdom, you've been given keys of this kingdom. Are we together now?
I know this is where many people kind of miss this thing. You have to learn how to use these keys. Amen. Does someone have a bunch of keys with him here? Someone else have a bunch of keys? Just want a proper bunch of keys, like car keys with house keys on it. With my goodness, people, where are your keys? Mine is in the office. Yeah, this is better. Thanks, Don. Okay, I've, now I've got, I've got. Thank you so much. So, this is not my keys. Amen. This is not my keys. Now I give it to, to Kevin. And I walk off. What must I do with this? But now, you have been given the keys of the kingdom. And many, many believers act the same way. What must I now do with this? Come on now. On those keys, what you don't realize is that he has just received a massive inheritance. Let's say, for example, and this is not me, this is not me prophesying, but let's say, for example, that Rudy is a multi-billionaire. And what Kevin doesn't know is that in his hands, he has keys to a very nice car. Let's say to a Ferrari. On those keys, he has access to a beautiful mansion. But Rudy walked off and you might be looking for this house for eternity. You will die looking for this house. You have it. You just don't know where it is. You lack knowledge of where it is. You have the car keys. You've been given a car. You've been given a house. But I don't have the knowledge of where to find it. I can walk through the parking lot. But he might not come to church with a Ferrari. He's here with another. I'm looking for. I don't know where this car is. I have the key. But I cannot use it. Many believers are exactly the same way. Man, I'm telling you that inside the house, the, on that keys, there is a vault key. And this vault contains millions of dollars. So he's rich, but he does not have access. Because he does not have knowledge of where, this, where to find the house. He can't even get into the house, never mind into the vault. So he's got this massive inheritance, but he might die of lack. Yet you have this inheritance. But if I go to Rudy, teach me. Where's this car? Okay, donkey. I see a house key on you. Where's this house? Okay, I mean, now I know where it is. Okay, I see there's a vault. Where can I find this vault? Oh, there. Knowledge changes the picture. The thing that gives you the key to use the keys is knowledge. I need first the key to use the keys of the kingdom. And that key's name is knowledge. You need to find out how, what are the precepts, the laws and the principles that governs this kingdom because when I know that I have you already have the keys you already have the keys I have given you the keys of the kingdom of heaven 
I've given you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. You have the keys. What you now need is knowledge on how to use those keys. That is exactly what we're doing through this series. We're giving you knowledge of those keys. Amen. What do keys represent? You can write this down. A key represents authority. A key represents access. A key represents ownership. A key represents control. A key represents authorization. A key represents power. A key represents freedom. If you have a key, you have all of these things. You have all of these things. Are you with me? The Bible says that I've given you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Which means that what happens, put that back on for me. Matthew 69, now it said that I'm going to finish. I'm almost there. Put that scripture back up for me. 69, and it says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you, who? Say me. Me. Say me. Pine on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever? Who? Loose on earth will be? So whatever happens here on this earth, you are the one determining it. Not God. You determine what gets locked up here on this earth so that it can get locked up in heaven. What gets unlocked on this earth so that it can be unlocked in heaven. What happens here on this earth, you are the one determining it. But you cannot unlock, you cannot lose, you cannot bind if you do not know how to use the key. I don't know if someone is hearing this tonight. Jesus gave you full authorization into heaven. He says you can come in and take what it is that you need to go and apply it to what you need to apply it to. You are the one determining that factor. Knowledge is a powerful key. Knowledge indeed is very powerful. It will change your life. I've seen this now. A very basic example. You will see Prophet lay hands many times. Every Sunday you will see him lay hands. But people take things for granted. And then he asks one of you, just quickly lay hands there. Um... Where do I put my hand? How do I do this? Come on. It is something so simple yet can be very daunting if you don't know how. If it is your first time ministering onto someone for healing, for example. Okay, what do I say? What do I do? What do I, how do I, how knowledge will give you the key to bring healing. Knowledge will give you the key on how to enter into the ministry of laying on of hands. Different keys, but I need knowledge. The, the thing on how to use that key is knowledge. Knowledge. If I have the knowledge, the only thing that is left for me to take action. If I have scrutinized how prophet does it, 
how he lies hands, what he says when he lies hands, what does he do, his body language, everything. I would scrutinize everything about him so that when the time comes and he asks me to do it, it's easy. I just imitate. It works when he does it. Why am I going to start reinventing the wheel? It works when he does it. I'm going to do it exactly the same way. I'm not going to do my own thing, follow my own way. I'm going to do it the way that he does it. That's what I know. That's what I've seen. He has told Are you guys with me? He didn't tell me, Martin. This is what you do. You walk up to someone, you place their, your hands on their head, and you say, fire it. No, he didn't say that. No, I, I had to scrutinize the way that he does it. And he would take people by the hands. We lay, I know exactly how he does it and what he says when he does it. And I just imitate knowledge, knowledge, knowledge. Say knowledge. May you gain knowledge. May you gain revelation. Through this series. On how to use the keys given you. Prophet is getting into powerful keys. There are certain master keys. You get basic keys and you get master keys. And Prophet is sharing with you master keys. And if you can gain the knowledge on how to use those keys, it will have such an impact on your life. You will see the impossible manifest in and through your life like never before. I can promise you that. Again, I want to state, make sure that you do not miss this series, both morning and evenings. We preach on it. Master keys will be given you. In fact, you already have it. It's just on how to use it. I have given you. I will give you. You've already received it. The keys of the kingdom. Amen. I want to close off here. I'm not going to, we're not going to minister tonight. We're not going to lay hands. We'll get into that again next week. I wanted to get this word out. I trust that you've received something tonight. The power of a key. The power of a key. Man, if you can only understand your rights within this constitution, the enemy won't be able to harass you. Ignorance is what will kill you. When you're in darkness, the enemy will use the same thing over and over and over until you receive lights on how to contradict the very thing he's using against you. It's a key. You need that key to effectively withstand the wiles and the schemes of the devil. Amen? Say knowledge. Say revelation. I pray, Father, that by your Spirit, according to your word, you say that your Holy Spirit will lead us into all truth. Father, I pray that we will reach a state of surrender where each and every one of us will be led into the deeper depths that is of you. Deeper dimensions of truth and revelation, knowledge and understanding, comprehension of your secrets and of your mysteries, my Lord. I pray that we will operate out of a dimension of divine wisdom and knowledge. Divine intelligence. Father, I pray that in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord. Lord, we love you. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor and we give you all the praise. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, just give God a praise offering.